Put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings. Welcome. Amen. Greetings from the 10th world of the cosmos. How are you doing? Bless you guys in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as is written, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Who is the Lord? Yad Hevavhe. A lot of people don't realize it's not just a name, it's a geography. That's right. <laughs> if you are in him, that's in YHVH, that means the spirit of wisdom. So that's the spirit of Hakma and the spirit of Bina. That's the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of his his said, his loving kindness, his gevra, his judgments are good. It is knowing him, and he is known, as it is written in the Psalms, in the palaces, which are where? On sapphire stones, the interior castle, Christ within you, the hope of realizing his glory in these jars of clay. And what does that bring forth? When you are pregnant with the word of God, as the cloud overshadowed Mary, she gave birth to something. And as the cloud overshadows you, what was that a type and shadow of? Each testament was a type and shadow of the next thing God wanted to do in the earth. It's the overshadowing of his cloud of glory, his cloud of Shekinah overshadowing you. And the messenger of the gospel, that angel messenger, Gabriel, sung and spoken from the mid-heavens, from the second heavens, of hope for the world, love restored to the world, the love of the master of the universe, the one who created everything, him being formed within you. That's the hope of your glory, is Christ being formed in you, the new creation the new creation, the new creature. And as you let go of the old creature, the soulish nature, the fallen nature, and cling to Christ, the only thing that remains as you ascend through circumcision, which is taking up your cross daily, I die daily, I ascend daily. I make progress toward ascension daily. Any days where we're not making progress on the rung that we're on is a day that we did not die to self. So that new creature, as our identity is in the new creature, not the old creature, it gets easier and easier to let the old nature die. We put to death the old creature, the flesh life, the nefesh, and as the identity is in Christ, in him crucified within you, you realize the glory, and then you can begin going from glory to glory through ascension on sapphire stones. That is the prophetic word for 2024, 20, 
it is ascension, but not just ascension. Because many prophets are going to be picking up on ascension as a word. But ascension as a prophetic word for 2024 is completely meaningless unless one thing. Circumcision on sapphire stones. If your ascension is anything other than Christ and him crucified through circumcision of the heart, ascension on sapphire stones, which means you'll be part of the one kingdom. You'll be walking in agreement with the apostles of the cosmic realm who have gone before you. That is how you will know. How are you going to know when people come around in 2024 and they say, because the prophetic word is going out and down the mountain, ascension. How are you going to know if they are real or not? When people are not really walking in it, Oftentimes they think they are. How are you going to know? Do you know how you're going to know? I hope so. Otherwise, you're not going to do very well in 2024. It's not just hopeful wishes and daydreams. Wishful thinking that wins the race. It's not just hopeful, wishful thinking and daydreams that accomplishes God's will for your life. To accomplish God's will for your life, you must have discernment, and you must have vision, and you must have revelatory knowledge in the Holy Ghost, for he is the Holy Spirit of knowledge. So how will you know when people come around talking about sapphire stones and ascension, how are you going to know who is who and what spirit is what? Are you going to trust your discernment that's led you astray for 20 years? Discernment that never led you into circumcision of ascension on sapphire stones was in fact your own soul or your own ruah or your own nefesh or your own heart, your corazón, your feelings. If you do not make the differentiation, any spirit that comes around in any person with gifts or signs or wonders will lead you astray. And then you will not accomplish God's will for your life, and you'll lose sight of the path. But we have a better thing in mind for you. How are you going to avoid that? Know the difference. First of all, you'll need to rise through circumcision yourself, because that is the eagle's eye view. When you're down in the midst, and the cloud and the smoke in the battle, and you're in a low elevation, you cannot see very well, you can hardly tell what's going on when you're up above it, when you're up on the top of the mountain, when you're soaring through the midair with the eagle proclaiming the gospel in the midheavens, you're standing on the moon, and you hear that messenger Gabriel, you know the gospel in the midheavens through revelatory knowledge, through experience, through your own ascension, then it's very clear to you when certain things happen, what's going on, who's speaking, what spirits are at work in a situation, you're not going to be lost and blind and dumb and confused. You spend enough time in that state. Now is the time for clarity, holy focus. And when you ascend on sapphire stones through circumcision that bears that good fruit, that eternal fruit, Fruit that lasts forever. 
then you'll be able to tell when someone comes around in another spirit who serves another god, yet has the same external appearance of what the apostles teach, and that is how you are going to know in 2024 and beyond. It's light and darkness. The word discernment is used synonymously in the Bible for wisdom. Now, how can we discern? By being wise. Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the word manifesting Shekinah through your inner man. Check it out. Ezekiel 28, verse 22. You are to say, this is what the Lord God says. Look, I am against you, Sidon, and I will display my glory within you. They will know that I am the Lord when I execute judgments against her and demonstrate my holiness through her. What does he say? I am the glory within you. And Zechariah 2.5 For I will be a wall of fire round about, declares Yahweh, and I will be the glory within. So discernment and wisdom is the glory within. Now, this glory within is an ever-increasing glory when you discover the cosmic tree of life. The first step is the root system, which we have taught you. You have to be transplanted. Apostle Paul says, engrafted. These are tree terms for moving you into different realms as trees. We've been trees of death. We've had trees planted in the wilderness. We need to be Psalms 1 trees planted by the river of life in heaven that are constantly bearing forth a thousandfold fruit monthly according to revelation why because we have all the light of the father's son shining upon the seed of his word in the soil of our hearts bearing forth a thousandfold fruit monthly is the brightness of his shekinah glory emanating through our hearts now the glory shall emanate from your hearts how because when the glory comes forth, angels work within that glory. This is what makes it practical. It's not just a mystical experience. This is what practically transforms the universe. Discipling nations. Go and baptize nations. What do you think we're baptizing nations in? One thing. Shekinah glory. And the glory only comes from the Word of God Mixed with faith. To be mixed with faith means to be mixed with your spirit. We need all of you to be fully God inside minded and then to understand how to draw closer to Him in His requirements for the rewards. So all these things that take out Babylon the Great are rewards. They're called elevations of Jesus Christ. They're merited. Salvation is unmerited. Rewards are merited. Revelation 22, Jesus Christ in the red letter says, I am coming to give to each one what, he is, what his works deserve according to his merit. So Jesus Christ says merit is the only way to get rewards. Now in a greasy gospel Christianity that hates meriting anything and loves the unmerited grace on everything, that contradicts entire cultures of Christianity. But somebody type in the comments, it's the truth anyhow. Let God's word be true and every man a liar. We have allowed our doctrines, theologies, belief systems to get so Laodicean, so lukewarm. God wants rigid righteousness. Rebecca and I were talking. 
the easiest way for each and every disciple of Jesus Christ that's fully God inside minded to rise on sapphire stones is rigid righteousness and constantly refusing, scorning false love, which is all the temptations to do ministry that God's not asking you to do, give alms that God's not asking you to give, all these pulls that say, well, good Christians do this, good Christians do that. You're Brotherly a Christian, aren't love. you? The world, Esau, is trying to manipulate Jacob. The goats trying to steal from the sheep every single day. And ignorant Christians, without wisdom and discernment, allow them to kill, steal, and destroy because we say, oh, well, that's the nature of the lamb. It's not. give me a prophetic word, brother? As it's written, I will be a wall of fire round about you, which means you go through the fire. You don't need the personal ministry. You need the fire. You need to participate in the gospel. You don't need the phone call. You don't need the laying on of hands. You don't even need the prayer. Oh, what you need is to participate in the academy of the Word of God and become real disciples of the daily bread that has come down the path of lightnings. When that gets all woven into you, guess what? You're going to be of a different kind, a different attitude. You're going to be bringing your own revelations to the table. Come on now. You're going to be bearing your own fruit. The fruit That's of the right. evidence of God's presence living within you is you're bringing out revelations of His glory. Yeah. Higher realms of glory every day, not 20-year-old recycled stuff from Joshua Mills, not from former moves of God in Lakeland or Toronto or Azusa Street. No, no, no. What is God doing in the glory today? It's a greater glory. The church has always gone from glory to glory. Who's bringing the greater glory? Who's participating in what the Father's doing today? I tell you the truth, all that stuff of the previous moves was to only get us to the sapphire stones. We were looking at the timelines. It was 14 years from Lakeland to the sapphire stones. When the sons of God inherited the stairway, it was exactly 14 years, a generation 14, 14, 14, the, all those 14s in the genealogies of Jesus Christ, the 14 evergreens of Enoch, it was a set of 14 into the next move of God. The move of God now in the whole universe is one thing. The movement of God's people up the sapphire stones and anyone not participating with that is not participating what with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ are doing today truth anyhow that is accurate that's exactly what's going on and you don't need to wait for the rest of the world to wake up and do it because that'll be much lesser rewards and oftentimes a forfeit of your true destiny it's really amazing to see how many eternal decisions people made in 2023 and there's going to be a lot more in 2024. And this is what I was marveling at. I shared this with Brandon. We were talking about how shocking it has been to see so many people make eternal, permanent decisions. And every time they had no idea that they were making a permanent eternal decision i hope this is a wake-up call from someone those things that you think are not a big deal and you're making decisions we have seen so many people make bad eternal some people made good ones some people made very good decisions but there have been 
I would say the overwhelming majority has been really poor choices, really negative eternal decisions. And the thing that I, I talked to the Lord about this because it shocked me to see just though, you know, those things that people don't even realize they're making eternal permanent decisions that literally affect their entire eternity. Saved or not saved, it's completely changed their eternal destiny. And no one thought it was a big deal. And that's horrifying. In a way, I'm glad it's not me. Yeah, you know, it's uh, absolutely shocking how little fear of the Lord there is. So I think there's one, this is just one example because I wanted to give you guys a real life example just to show you because most people have no idea. You think it's in a prayer and you said it and you decided something big or you asked for something. It's not that stuff. It's like the little bit of family idolatry and letting them. Okay. So for example, uh, we knew one gentleman who had a really great, you know, calling, really great potential destiny. I mean, just had the golden, imagine like the golden platter, the silver platter of the Lord. You're literally being handed it to you on a silver platter. Here is like one of the most epic destinies ever. This is what you're called to do. I made you for it. And because of a little bit of a family idolatry, the family came and said like, hey, we'll buy you a car. We'll pay your way for school if you just, you know, abandon God's plan for your life. So money, car, school, and the family who didn't really like, you know, the apostolic, they didn't really like what God was doing because they're demon possessed and didn't know it. So it seems like in the innocent, they seem, you know, oh, you're having a hard time pioneering over there, honey. Why don't you just come back? We'll buy you a car. We'll take care of you. And I tell you what, this person lost permanent, permanently those, that glorious destiny. And I mean, this person had signs and wonders. I, you know, I looked through my memories. The reason I, I remembered this was I had looked through my memories one of these days. I, I look through old memories sometimes. You know, Facebook gives you a little reminder now and again. Hey, this happened so many years ago. And I look at it and I would see the comments and I was shocked. This person, they had such a glorious destiny, had such an incredible experience that when they first heard and believed my warning against false love, they were completely cured instantly overnight of malaria. And it was so shocking that they were like, yes, on board, 100% against false love. This is amazing. I can't believe I'm healed. This is the best. This is true. And then they saw how other people were not able to get COVID, even after drinking, after other people who had COVID, being around sick people, that they couldn't get sick like that because they were really fortifying themselves against false love and because it works, right? So when there's no strife and there's no false love, right? Because there's another thing there, strife really will cause sickness. We've seen that a lot too, as people are sending the sephirot. You know, that's an experience. If you get into strife, uh, that's a cause of illness in the body. If you get into false love, that can be a cause of illness in the body. So it's just, it's not to condemn. It's just so you can see the symptoms and know, okay, there's a problem here. Let's get the root of the problem. Like Bob Jones said, Word of knowledge is good for word of faith, healing, word of knowledge, healing. But what's better than that, Bob Jones taught, was the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom will tell you how to not get sick so that you don't need the healing in the first place and how to stay healed Amen. once you do get the healing. That's the word of wisdom, and that's what's coming down the sapphire stones because it's the word of hakma. How many hakmas do you have? If you're in the world of Asaya and you haven't got to hakma, you know, into the seventh interior castle, you don't have any hakma. And the word of wisdom really is our daily bread. Mm -hmm. 
So what do you mean I don't have any wisdom? Well, you do have some wisdom. What is what is Malkut, daughter Shekinah? When Malkut is Shekinah, which means you're standing on the moon, or again, you get the trickle coming down if you are making progress on Malkut. It's not like you have nothing. God's not like that. He gives as much grace as you need to rise. Be faithful with the little, then he gives you more. You don't need to wait on God to give you more than what he's already given for you to take the next step. That's how it works. Faithful with little, he gives you more. Faithful with a little circumcision, you get more. You go up. But you really don't have any real solid wisdom, solid meat for the mature, until you're at least at Hakma, because that's your first encounter in reality with the spirit of wisdom. You don't even know the spirit of wisdom until you've gone that high. You've had the little tiny tri tri trickle. Where does the trickle come? That's the, the breast of the mother. That's the, you know... The significance of the lower sephirot are the the breastfeeding of the baby. And, you know, maybe the baby can't even breastfeed. It's down on Malkut. So you have the baby bottle dropper, the little drips coming down to where you're at. And so just like the little drip coming down from the baby bottle dropper into Malkut, and that's more than enough, right? I remember my first drop of glory. It was heavenly. I couldn't wait to get more of that. I was like, that was amazing. So why not go to the rock that's saturated with that honey? Overflowing is more than enough. And when it comes to honey, what does it mean? Only take as much as you need so you don't get sick. You don't want to give yourself so much glory. It's not honor and glory to seek your own honor and glory. But when you seek the kingdom and righteousness, God glorifies you as his son, as his daughter. So that's everything decently and rightly in order. That's how that works. Because if you go after the honey, but you don't have ascension, you don't have circumcision, you're going to find yourself in the darkness of, you know, the blackness of outer space. You're going to find yourself in the calipot, and that's not a good place to be. So it's all about your safety and, you know, God's wisdom working in your life. Because what does the book of Proverbs say? Get wisdom, get understanding. What is that in the Hebrew? Get hakma, get bina. How do you obtain Hakman Bina? It's an elevation on sapphire stones, which means as you go up, like I've got giant rubies. I've seen these in, you know, visions and dreams that I possess these gemstones. What are they? They're from ascension. Those are gemstones in the cosmos. It's Christ. He's my great reward. He's my great treasure. What are these treasures of Christ? It's literally gemstones living stones full of light it's creative power it's to know him and so as you can see there's different things in this reality that i've been creating and changing in the earth and the heavens we have some witnesses everybody else will find out later on i don't really care if you believe it or not other than if you do good for you i'm happy for you that's fine but i'm not here to convince anyone i'm here to preach the awakening song which is the song of all songs which is the end from the beginning, the song of Moses and the Lamb. Jesus loves you is the gist of it. The Father loves you. And he wants you to be restored to the original plan that he had intended for you. When you first were a thought, before you were just like a thought, a flash of inspiration of his crown in his mind, and you came down into his belly, that's the, the guff where all the souls come down into the earth from. When you were just that spark of an idea, that he desired, because the crown, the Keter's will, it's a desire. He desired to create you. He had this whole vision and plan. And, oh, it would be perfect. We'll make you just like this, with this, like that. And 
Yeah, I did a little bit of that. And a little comedy, a little extra comedy, and a lot of anointing and glory. And, you know, you don't get to have those things that God originally made you with if you're not in the original creation. That's the new creature, the new creation. It's to restore you. So when you're still in the old creation, which is the fallen nature, right? We come from Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve down through, you know, Noah and that family. Everybody else died. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Well, hallelujah. That fallen nature, it's not really what he had in mind. So when you try to apply the things of God to the old creature, the dying nature, the dying dying animal ministries, oh, it's so horrible, it hurts, you know. <laughs> that's not what God had in mind. He didn't have in mind people flailing about uh, with the chains of Jezebel on them, shrieking and calling it worship. The angels call that urine sucking. It's not worship, okay? You know, if he wanted, like, accurate, angelic... If, if the angels were allowed to, like, just accurately title some of these worship albums, it'd be like, now that's what I call urine sucking, you know? 2022, 2020, whatever the... Spontaneous, you know. live, 2024, <laughs> urine sucking worship album. <laughs> I ain't gonna name no names. But anyway, if the angels... You know, it's just... It's not, it's not to make fun of... If it's bewitchment, of, it's urine. Right. So, and then uh, people get paranoid and they're going to go through their playlist and then start messaging, is this the urine sucking album that the apostle <laughs> warned me about? You can elevate. If the music has pure intention in it, you can elevate it to your heights of Kabbalah, which if it's not... Yeah, I'll sing yeah. hymns from the dark ages. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah. It, Maintaining the rung you're on in your right. inner man is what matters. You just and, don't want to get caught up in their down. bewitchment, right? Yeah. The thing about that music is sometimes people will watch the music videos, and the videos are of people worshiping Jezebel, and the, and they're just kind of like, yeah, it's no, they the do. majority. It's not it's the minority rough. in the charismatic church. Yeah. It's the majority. We do have some recommended music and albums. Like, if you want to have like a really joyful morning while you're getting ready. A really joyful, you know, afternoon. I love me some Ron Cannoli. There's a lot of purity. Different, you know, ministries where there was measurements of purity. Desire for righteousness, right? God meets us where we're at. The body of Christ has been growing. The thing is, is it's not okay to go back to the church age. There's such a refinement as you ascend on Holy Mount Zion that the lower things that were once tolerable anymore are absolutely intolerable. In fact, they're completely sin. So the refinement and the discernment and the wisdom gets so much greater the higher you go. Proverbs 9 says right. wisdom builds her pillars. Well, she builds them up into the heavens through sapphire stones. And each rung has a stricter holiness. And it's not through such an effort of the flesh, like in the lower realm. It's more like desire for love for the it, Father. It's just an emanation of the new creature in Christ because the circumcisions are working and in, in emitting Shekinah glory effortlessly because of you being there. So Amen. the new creature simply gets bigger and better and more mature. The food it eats is stronger and it emits more glory. And so that higher way is easier, in fact, because lesser sins of the lower world are attached to you anymore. So if you truly love God, it gets easier and easier the higher you go. But we often come to a place where things that are attaching us to the realm of the natural called idols, anything that attaches you and holds you down to the earth is an idol. 
anything. So we come to a place where we have something holding us down, and that's when it becomes hard for us. If you're not an idolater, ascension is easy. easy. You go so right up. easy. <laughs> like a rocket ship. We talked about that this week, too. Okay, so what keeps you earthbound? Idols. Now, most people might say, well, I don't see the idols. I don't see anyone worshiping statues. People are taking the master class. What are you talking about? Okay, well, in Moses' time, Joshua's time, when people had idols, when there's a Moses or a Joshua around or Caleb, they don't have them out in the open. Where do they keep idols? Secretly in, in their the tent. 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 Inside the yep. body, the tent of Hidden. the body. Hidden, ain't telling nobody. Well, we're just not going to tell Moses. Well, how many of you know the Spirit of God cannot be lied to? It's not possible. But what happens historically when there are idols in the tent, it doesn't go well for anyone. And what has to happen, something's got to be put to death. In the Old Testament, the people get put to death. Isn't it wild? They stopped uh-huh. everything the whole nation was doing even move forward. to find the idols in the tents. It's like, no, there's not going to be any forward progress. It's just going to be everything's frozen. Nobody's moving forward until that thing is routed out and torn down and destroyed. And then people can continue. Now, that's the Old Testament. So the New Testament, thanks to the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, for that. The people don't have to physically die unless they continue sinning. It's a slower process of death. And, and it then, you symbolizes know, that, you know, the pioneers don't stop because you have an idol in your exactly. temple. But what happens is it symbolizes your whole spiritual world stops. That's my second. Until there is an extraction of that idol from within you. Okay, so that's my second point, thank you, uh, is the second part of that is another benefit of the New Testament, the New Testament way, is that the pioneers, like the Joshua's, the Caleb's, the Moses's, you know, they don't actually stop with the camp if there's idols. Now, everyone's responsible for what's in their own tent. That's in the New Testament. Everyone's responsible. You should know how to possess your own body. Well, if something else is possessing your body, if there's an idol in there, you're responsible for that, right? It's not like an Old Testament where Moses is responsible, Joshua is responsible. They're, we're just responsible to speak the word, and that word has its own working power because it's the word of the Lord. And so we're responsible for, what, what does it say? The watchmen on the wall, you warn the people, and then once the warning has gone out, if they don't listen, their blood is on their own heads. But if you, if we weren't speaking and warning about the truth, here on a live broadcast where he's, where he's asked us to speak this, if we didn't do this, then it would be our fault for not telling anyone, but we've done our part. No, we're not going to individually message it to you every, every warning. We're not going to message 500,000 people individually. Hey, and by the way, this is the warning from the Lord. Just All right, another 499,000 to go. No, that's a waste of time. That's not what God's asking you to do. This is the broadcast with the good news, but there's also, with all the good news, there also comes a warning of what's, you know, what's to come if you don't, you know, essentially walk in Blessing and and curse. curse. Deuteronomy 28. Don't think that's old covenant. That's new covenant. Cursed is anyone who's hung on a tree. It is written. Therefore, understand everything that you don't hang on that tree are curses hanging on you and me. So we want it all to be crucified with Christ. Curse free. Any area that you haven't put through the cross yet, 
that still you individually is an area of the curse of the fall working. So we need complete crucifixion with Christ, not once, Jesus Christ said, daily picking up your cross and following me. Yep. So I die daily. What does that look like? So wherever there's idols in the tent, wherever there's the issues and the problems of life, anywhere there's disobedience, you immediately put that to death. You come to the Lord without guile, which is without deceit, without ulterior motives for you know power love friendship blah blah blah, whatever your things that you want that you feel like you know you deserve because blah 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 you know you have to literally put that to death and be a good soldier you need to put to death your desire for relationships right that's a big one a spouse friends comradeship okay whenever people are looking for that that means you're essentially telling Jesus he's not enough. It kind of reminds me of uh, the Lord highlighted this verse where that was it, Hannah or whoever, she wants a baby. And the husband says to her, am I not enough for you? People Isn't put dogs enough? in that place where Jesus yeah. is supposed to be in them. Your companionship, the bride of the lamb means married to the word. Mm -hmm. And all of that desire you have mm -hmm. from compa for companionship needs to be with the word of God. That's right. So, why is there lack? This is what the Lord was saying. Why is there a feeling of lack? There shouldn't be any lack. You feel like, oh no, I'm all alone in my... You know, Brandon and I are all alone in our corresponding worlds. There's not another... and There's not even one single person in the world that Brandon lives in and Adam Cadmon is the whole world inside of the multiverse. There's no other human beings in there. We can relate to each other because, you know, we, we, we both experience similar things. But even though we can be close, we can be close like this, but we're we're a couple worlds apart. And y if you have a communication device through the spirit, it's easy to communicate. And it's wonderful. It's great. And, I mean, it's mm -hmm. so filled with glory. It's the greatest thing I've it's ever amazing. experienced. But if you are, you know, if you're selfish or if you are um, lack, you're feeling lack. Lack comes from you're not accepting Jesus as your all in that area of your heart, right? He is your best friend. He's your uh, he's your group hangout with seven spirits of God, right? He is your spouse. He is your he, your mother is the Holy Spirit. He's your father. There should be no more father wounds or my father. This who is your father? Are they doing the will of God? No, not your dad. That ain't my daddy. You know, doesn't mean you don't love them. It's just there should be no lack. There should be no pain. When there's lack and there's pain in those relationships. Oh, my kids. When you birth Jesus. Now, this is this might be controversial to people who are living in the Stone Age. But if you're in the Star Age, this makes sense. Because you're birthing Christ. You have the experience of being the mother of God. That, that Mary experience is not just for one lady. It's for anyone who births the divine Christ. That's in Corinthians. You're saved by birthing the divine child. It wasn't Mary did it in the flesh. Now we do it in the spirit, right? Every testament that God gives is a foreshadowing, a type and shadow of the next thing to come that he's going to be doing. Just like the old uh, tabernacle and the temple, we know those were types and shadows. So it's foreshadowing that, hey, you're, you're going to be the temple. This is the original design. You're the, so your body and everything like that's laid out like the temple in the invisible world. That's how you're structured. Is that same pattern everything's made in this pattern 
Christ that fills all things and upholds all things. So that's why nature works the way it does. That's why there's holy wisdom or Kabbalah in everything in the natural dimension. If you can see the godliness in all of it, that's like that's being like Jacob, that's being like Solomon, that's being like you know Moses. Why? Because you can see that pattern of the eternal, invisible, in everything in the natural. And, oh, this is a type and shadow of this. You know, and so you can learn about the uh, in invisible, eternal realms just by, like we talked about eating a piece of mango. Having, you know, a marriage. You learn a lot having a marriage. Like, it's very valuable when you spend time in the marriage because it tells you, like, some of the richest, deepest mysteries are in the marriage mysteries. So if you're just like an animal life, animal nefesh, you know, I need a spouse so we can have sex so I don't have to want to have sex with other flesh bags running around because I'm an animal, uncircumcised Philistine, basically. Like, that has nothing to do with God's plan for your life. But, you know, there's the holy... He judges mm -hmm. the motives yeah. and intentions of the heart, it is written. So, but if you want to be married to someone because God said, hey, this is a spouse I have picked out for you. This is going to benefit you eternally. And then you love each other. And he adds those benefits to you, but it's not like living an animal carnal life. And there's no real way for you to understand that until you basically step into absolute in the seventh heaven or at least like the multiverse. You really, we start to understand these deeper uh, meanings. The deeper meaning of life you want to know, you got to go up. So you step through that door to the multiverse and Adam Cadmon, it's not really going to make sense in those deeper uh deeper ways it's a deeper walk with the lord you need to sanctify your souls on earth so first in the natural then in the spiritual first corinthians 15 meaning that all repentance needs to happen outwardly before repentance happens inwardly if your outer man is a mess your inner man has no potential of rising it's not possible so the outer man has to be brought into obedience once the outer man's brought into obedience the inner man's brought into obedience afterwards. So you'll not find a Christian in the history of the universe that wasn't first a Christian on the outside, and then they begin to discover Christ on the inside. Afterwards, that process is written in the New Testament for our benefit. So now the issue is, if there is disorder around you, bring your house into order. Bring your body into order. Bring your finances into order. Bring everything into his order of righteousness, Melchizedek, the king of heavenly Jerusalem. And then your inner man can easily obey because your outer man's already in order. But if your outer man is in disobedience, your inner man's just always going to be in rebellion and, and there's no fear of God. Why is that? Because the outer repentance hasn't taken place first in your lives. That is so critical. Those external disciplines and decision making. If you don't have the foundations done correctly, you can't be a mystic, you know, person. You can't have that experience in the high places of the heavens. And, you know, you're a mystic Christian or whatever. You know, I don't even really consider myself like a no mystic Christian. This is the most mystical stuff ever. But what's what's just the deal? normal Christians. This is just how it's supposed to be, like just the Enoch generation. Just people who actually like God. We want to <laughs> demystify it, and it's totally yeah. normal to live in heaven all the time. That's right. Uh, it should be normal for people to like God and learn to love his ways. It's written love righteousness. It's just righteousness. It's not all this Christian woo-woo, 
new age, flapping around, floating around. You might do some floating around, but, you know, all of it is just worthless. You know, I get so... I, I feel the Lord on this when he's like, I'm sick of your festivals. I'm sick of this. You know, like, I felt, you know, the Lord didn't even really care about Christmas this much. He's just kind of fed up with it. That was really interesting. I mean, Christmas was great. We had a really good time. But I could feel it was just, it's meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes under the sun, meaningless. Or people, you know... Well, I saw this in the invisible, meaningless. Oh, well, dear brother, dear sister, meaningless, worthless. Oh, yeah, All of his worthless. zeal is for the stairway. And if yeah. the focus in the vision is not for building that stairway for people to come and live on the stars, I don't stars, even want to hear about Jesus it. Jesus isn't even interested in it. That kind of other spirituality is a waste of time. We're building the stairway. All of our zeal is into the stairway for people to leave earth and begin living in the heavens. And if that's not the focus... It's all the distraction. Right. Well, I saw this vision, and this is what this means, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, what Who wrong cares? are you on? I don't, God's not interested in any of that. And there was like, so the things that there were, there was grace for that kind of stuff in the past. Why? Because there wasn't anything pioneered any, any farther. The whole reason to even have visions, locutions, or, you know, in, inspira inspirations from the Lord is so that you could go up higher. But now that people are going up higher, all the other stuff that was once it seemed meaningful to you or meaningful before the Lord, it's completely, utterly worthless and useless now. And you need to hear that because you're wasting your time if you're not going up. You're, you're wasting your time on worthless things. And I love you, so I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I know some of the girls you've told me before you're thankful. Like, man, she's not sugarcoating it. Thank you. We're going to tell you the truth because... Come on, buckwheat. Buckwheat is a term of endearment. We want you Amen. to go up. But sometimes we got to hear those harder truths. What would you prefer? We just hear like, oh, it's just going to be okay. You just stay in the little black malkut. It'll be just fine. Keep wasting your time. That's that, that's what the demons say. Waste another 10 years uh, on these visions. Don't don't lead anywhere. On these little experiences that are makes me feel nice. It'll feel better when you go up. Circumcision is not always comfortable. Hearing the truth isn't always comfortable, but that's what makes it a sacrifice. And later on, when we learn to love righteousness, it doesn't even really feel like a sacrifice as much anymore. We're just learning to love his way. So I'm excited for you. This 2024, you're going to go up. You're going to quit messing around. When it comes down to that moment, you decide, all right, that's it. I'm not doing anything else. I'm not focused on anything else. I'm going cosmic this year. You make, You can make up your mind like that. You don't just, you know, feeble fawning. Oh, what if I can't make it? God's not pleased in cowardliness. He's not. It's in the word of God. He doesn't like the cowards. He doesn't like people who live in fear. He doesn't like that behavior. It doesn't mean he doesn't like you. He wants a better life for you. He, he's not pleased with anything other than obedience, righteousness. So it's just get your priorities straight. It's still early January. It's a brand new year. Now's the time. You can look and see. Look, at, take spiritual inventory. How are you spending your spiritual spiritual time? You know, we have schedules, right? We have this is my job time. This is my family. I got to cook for the family time. This is my cleaning the house, watching the baby. This is you know the man going to work. This is the woman you know going to work time. And then you have your Bible time. You have a lot of you. It's really good. You have a prayer time scheduled. 
the pray time's on the schedule, you'll at least be praying or talking to the Lord. It's good uh, when you're young in the Lord to schedule time, right? When you're young and like, let's say you're yep. new at a job, everything's on the schedule, right? This is when the QA is coming. Discipline, discipline. It's good to have the schedule. Don't don't worry about over schedule. Oh, go ahead. You can over you you can go ahead and fill your schedule with all right. 2 p.m. Bible spell for an hour, and then we have <laughs> prayer here. And then guess what? The husband and the kids for a whole hour. I don't care what y'all are doing. I'm turning off the Netflix. We're putting on the praise and the worship music. We're gonna praise God We've whether you like it or not. Spontaneous. We need some scheduling. scheduling. It's true, it works for some people. It works. In the spontaneous, we need scheduling. I'm just gonna lay around and feel bad about my destiny until I feel like praising the Lord. You know what? Sometimes when you feel like it the least is when you need it the most. So, you know, what? put it in the schedule. That's not a bad thing. At least you're gonna be consistent and intentional, and God does honor that intention. Like, hey, the angel's gonna look at you know and say. And report back to headquarters. Look at Marianne again this week. She scheduled two whole hours for you every day this week. That's nice. That's a, that's a new that's a new thing. It's on the schedule, and she made it this many times out of those time. You know, and then, and they showed up. I mean, if you make an appointment with God and you show up every day, He's gonna show up, right? It, it, he's not going to ignore that when you make time for Him. When you do the best that you have, that you can with the grace that you currently have at the level that you're currently at, he does honor those things. So I know some people are, you know, what if I, you know, just enjoy the Lord and, but be intentional. Why do we want to be intentional? Because like Brandon said, when people are just getting to that lazy, I'm just going to generically be a mystic Christian kind of, you know, just going to judge everybody else for how less mystical they are than me you know whatever kind of weird inbreeding you know i was, I was listening to uh, john paul jackson today and he's kind of making fun of how prophetic people if if prophetic people only are around their own people the same group the same like same mindset but never challenging each other to go higher it's this like a weird inbreeding mutation effect where it gets weird. It gets real weird real fast. That's when you get like weird prophetics. It's not doing anything. Is it? Oh, I feel fire coming out now. He doesn't like that. Yeah. The, the, when people get weird, it's that prophetic that's mystical somehow, but it doesn't actually benefit you whatsoever spiritually. So that's why you want to get into circumcision because that's fruit that lasts. That's something that's going to positively affect your walk with the Lord, your family. That's when, you know, people work with you. You're going to be able to speak life into their lives. You're going to be a shining beacon of hope and love and righteousness and justice and truth. You're going to have wisdom. You're going to know things you know, supernaturally. Other people aren't going to be able to know or perceive You'll have understanding and wisdom and excellence that other people don't have. You're going to carry that weight of the glory with you. And people are going to wonder, where did you, like, why are you like this? How did you get that? If it's anything less than that when it comes to the workplace, 
most of the time, that's just going to be false mysticism. It doesn't work. It boils down to discipline or rejecting it completely. Now, a disciple is one who receives discipline. A Laodicean lukewarm Christian rejects discipline. You notice most Christians are a Laodicean for one reason. They will not allow a higher discipline upon their souls, so they rebel and do their own thing. The word for doing your own thing is called iniquity in Scripture. So they liked the signs, miracles, and wonders the Pharisees did and the workers of iniquity, but they did not like the intimacy that required circumcisions of knowing him, which truly is beginning to walk on the sapphire pavement, because it required discipline, which means a forced change upon your human life. You try to force change something that's stronger than you. Like it says Jesus Christ to Peter, when you were younger, you went and did whatever you wanted to do. When you're older, someone stronger than you will bind you and take you places you do not want to go. It is written. So when someone stronger than you, this person being the Holy Ghost, brings his will like a 2,000 pound ox upon your 100 and 200 pounds, are you willing to take that yoke upon you? And it's a yoke of Shekinah as it's written, my yoke is light. So it's Shekinah, L-I-G-H-T, Shekinah, light of the Lamb of God. The Messiah is putting a yoke on you. A disciple must receive a yoke. That means you're connected to someone, not yourself. You're connected to someone whose will supersedes yours. You're connected to someone's decisions that supersede your wants, cares, and desires. Guys, this is entry-level discipleship basics of being able to receive discipline. Most Americans cringe at receiving discipline. We are so independent. We are so it's all about me and selfish and, and self-servient. We have to yield that to the yoke, okay? And the yoke is Shekinah. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So it's a yoke. It's a connection. It is a covenant with Jesus Christ by his spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So understand the yoke of the spirit of glory, are you yoked to the Spirit of glory? Is the glory of the Word the priority for your decisions during the day? It needs to be. Just entering into the school of the Academy of the Word of God, put yourself in a position to receive discipline, and the yoke will come upon you. And it's the yoke of glory. It's the yoke of the white dove resting on your shoulder and stewarding the Holy Spirit in you and nothing else. So what is the guide of your life? The spirit of glory. Now we need to understand this high calling in Christ Jesus. During the church age, we have not gone very high. We have capped out at a level that is very, very low that does not reverse the curse of the fall. Now during the kingdom age, Daniel 12.3 is beginning to happen. Knowledge will increase, not just internet, not just Wikipedia. No, the knowledge of the Shekinah glory covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. Knowing how that glory operates through your spirit, how the word is fuel for that glory, how these tools, prayer, speaking, the communication, how God created these bodies as temples of the spirit of glory and us 
in constant awareness of being that temple and sensitive to what the master of the temple, which is like the mercy seat, which is right in your spiritual stomach, Jesus on the throne, and you yielding the outer man to Christ in the inner man. And that connection, that yieldedness, that discipline every day connecting to the throne, connecting to the king, connecting to the glory, the person of God in our connection. That's the new connection, which is new covenant. Now, if you are not connected, you're living in your own ideas and opinions about it. The disconnected are immediately offended. You see them every day. They're not connected. So when you reveal the connection, which is the covenant to Shekinah, the king of glory, let them out. Out of your belly will flow rivers of Jesus Christ. But if you are not connected to Jesus Christ in your own spirit, all the things of the connection, which is the covenant, are offensive, which reveals the working of the Antichrist, the working of the lukewarmness, the working of the selfishness, the working of the spirit of Babylon. And that must be revealed. Everything hidden in darkness will be brought into light. Everything whispered in secret shall be shouted from the rooftops, it is written. Now, what is the darkness where the whispers are? It's the area of the heart where Shekinah is not shining, as is written, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Now, what part does he need to shine on? We say, oh, he's shone on everything. That's not true. It says in Philippians 3, Apostle Paul, one of the greatest apostles of all time, not that I've already obtained the resurrection, which means not that I've already obtained the full shining of the noonday sun through my heart and mind. Paul said in Philippians 3, which is one of the last books he wrote in the Bible, he didn't obtain it. He did not obtain it. We are so overly confident not understanding the operations of the glory. We don't really have a full working understanding of the knowledge of the glory, which is how it works inside God's original design. We need it. Our lives depend on it. That's what the priesthood's all about. How does this glory work? Well, while Rebecca was talking, I saw something. The Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. I saw yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And what I saw was a vision of yours is the Malkut, which was the connection inside the earthen vessel. First, yours is the kingdom, Hebrew word Malkut. So you see, the mind is renewed to that connection. That's step one. And then the power, and that's the lightning path. And I saw the ten worlds of lightning. Yours is the kingdom, the connection within, and the power. That's the lightning connection. And then the glory. I saw the throne room of God the Father. And how God the Father's throne room connects through that power to the kingdom within you Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of heaven is inside your bodies. It is written. So now we need to understand that connection and work in the inner workings of the spirit, which is the new covenant, and really begin to figure these things out and express them and also communicate them and fellowship in them and begin to develop that invisible person of the heart. As is written, I preach to awaken hearts. What is the awakening of the heart? Oh, I believe in Jesus, so do demons. Believing in Jesus is not the awakening of the heart. That's not it. Without the evidence of Shekinah, there's no awakening. It is turned into Pharisees. Jesus Christ said, you go over hell and high water, and when you make one single convert, you make him twice the son of hell that you are. That's what's written. So believing in Jesus is not a conversion. It's not. 
Hebrews says the same things. Demons believe in, de in Jesus and shudder. Believing in Jesus is not salvation. Glory, light, translation out of darkness into light is salvation. Without that light, there is no salvation because what are you even saved from? Everyone in hell believes in Jesus, but they're still in hell. The difference is they did not practice His glory presence within during their life, and they practiced darkness within their bodies during their life. Our job is to consecrate these bodies and practice the light. As it's written, you are children of light, therefore walk in the light. And while it's still called day. Amen. And keeping in mind, too, uh, that theme that we're talking about a little bit today of eternal decision-making I hope that really hits home with someone today that most of the people making these eternal decisions, they don't know it and you're not going to know it when you make it. Uh, and let, you can pray for grace and sight. You may be purchasing eye salve to see, but it's usually how people react to the apostolic cosmic and whether they go like we gave an example of someone's you know family idolatry and it, a religious demon could come around and say, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with them, the car and the family? Isn't family supposed to be family good? Everything. <laughs> Every, just, you don't even know the Lord, so get gagged and stuffed, Think you lying Gehenna demon. of burning manure pile. <laughs> no, fire came out of my mouth from the back of my throat when I said, get gagged and stuffed, you lying demon, if you'll fire come out of my Amen. mouth. Amen. Type that in the comments. Get, get gagged, gagged and stuffed, stuffed you lying, lying demon. demon. That'll feel good. Amen. That does feel good. The fire. I don't know, the Lord's about done had enough of it. So, hallelujah, there's a people arising. And so just understand that the little, the attitudes and thoughts and feelings in your heart towards the apostles in the cosmic realm, those, the way you respond and react, that a lot of times is what determines your eternal destiny inheritance. And whether you agree with that or not, that's what we found to be true. That's how God has decided. It's not my decision. God decided to do it like that. It's his wisdom, his choice. So if you got a problem with that, don't take that up with me. Don't take that up with Brandon. You have to take that up with the Father. He's the one who made it that way. So if you're angry about that, you're actually angry with God the Father, and you're fighting him and not a man and not a woman uh, because you hate his ways. God's wisdom is right. always a stumbling block to man's mm -hmm. wisdom. In fact, if it's not a stumbling block, it's not really God's wisdom. Right. Your, uh, who, your strife or uh, envy or idolatry toward, you know, man and woman like apostles, that is evidence that there's something in you that hates God's ways. There's a part of you that hates God's ways. Why does it irritate? Why does it create strife? Why is there envy? God's ways don't produce that. That's something in there. There's something in you that hates God's ways. Why? Because you're irritated or you're feeling strife toward apostles. Why? Because, well, this is God's way. This is what he chose. But you hate that. That's why there's strife. And so you have to understand, it's not a stop looking at male and female flesh. Talk to the Lord about what is it, show, please unveil to me, Father, what it is about your ways that I hate. Amen. And that's a, that would be, the fair, for some people, that might be the very first honest, true prayer they've ever prayed in their Christian lives. Uh, just be real. Stop pretending. God knows you're fake. God knows you're pretending not to have, you know, wickedness. So when there's, so there, there's this, um, there's this 
idea or this truth of when you have something in your heart, you speak the same way. When you talk to the Lord, you have to speak how it is in your heart and just be honest. It doesn't mean you fly off the handle on God. That's not appropriate mm -hmm. way to approach God. He's the living God. But he created you. He, he already knows the mess. So you look kind of stupid He's used to when, you come, when you come before God and you're acting like there's no you know, evil in there and you're acting like you don't really feel negatively towards his choices. So what are God's choices? He chose Brandon and he chose myself as his cosmic apostles, chief apostle for this age. So if there's envy or jealousy or strife, there's something in you that hates God's ways. There's something that hates something in there. So why am I saying this? It's not about a personal thing. I could care less. This is not anything new. We've already dealt with it hundreds of times. Brandon's dealt with it hundreds of thousands, if not more, you know, times over. It's not about how we feel about it. It has nothing to do with that. We're dead in that area. Satan hates anointed right. leadership. So he hates it. Here's the reality <laughs> of the situation is anyone in the world of Isaiah, Yetzira, or Berea cannot fathom Good. cannot fathom the sacrifice of the self nature it takes to walk in these rungs. You have no idea what it's like. We don't think like you, we don't feel like you do. We don't have the same sin patterns because it doesn't exist because we put it to death. It doesn't exist. So you get really circumcised yeah. and that on can the be inside, you too. and all that's in there is a so lot of glory. What does that mean? Almost all glory. So people are like, well, are you saying you're holier than thou? We are actually holier than you. Yes. Why? It's holiness elevation. is a measurement yeah. of an elevation. And you can measure a person's holiness but the, easily. Exactly. So it's a literal measurement on the rungs of Jacob's ladder of ascension, descending and ascending like the angels. Truth and yeah. That's how it is. So, but the difference between this actual holiness and, you know, holier than thou angry people is, is that uh, it's not to condemn you. It's not to think ourselves like, you know, high and mighty and blah, blah, blah. And probably how, you know, you might be thinking or someone, somebody else might be thinking, not you, somebody else. It's to encourage you that you can do it. You can literally go up and then you'll be holier. You'll literally be more holy than you were before. And you'll be more yeah, holy man, than... Your goal yeah. should be in life to be holier holy. than now yeah. through circumcisions. <laughs> because hol without be. holiness, no one is going to see the Lord. So don't you want to see the Lord? And holiness really is the grand slam of Christianity. It's living in the brightness of the Shekinah glory. That holiness is the vision of Shekinah. Yeah, so if you want to see the Lord in a greater way, become more holy. And so we are walking a holier life. We don't have the same nature. We don't, we're not even the same kind of a creature, right? How much of the new creature has formed in you is how high up the ladder you've gone. That's you put to death the old. Well, guess what's there instead of the old, the new. That's the new creature. That's the living creature before his throne in righteousness and holiness. It's God's nature being formed in there. And so the higher you go progressively, it's more of him and less of the old you until it's completely destroyed. What really helps is people get a vision for the maturing process. That is so helpful. So you can see what immaturity is, 
and maturity is in all the stages. So it's not a guessing game or you're wondering or you're lost or, or you're your confused emotional about, feeling it. about it. And the stuff that doesn't mature you, you can just cast it away as dross. And the stuff that's right. really valuable, you begin to value it. Treasure it. That's what the Holy Spirit wants. That's the academy of the word. It's a school of valuing the things that actually grow the God's sperm seed of the word of 1 John 3, that you are born again of God's own sperma, which is his word. And the things that develop that word are the only things we need to value in our lives. And it's a lot of sunlight. It's Amen. a lot of food. It's a lot of living water. And it's a certain speech. It's a certain etiquette. It's a certain way of carrying yourself. Why? Because it values the development of God's word in your heart so you can shine brighter. So the key to success is using this body to develop the word. That's what success in life is is using these temples down here on earth to develop the eternal word of God in different measurements of glory. And that's the school of the academy of the word of God until you're Amen. proficient in bearing forth the fruit of his presence in every word that comes down as daily bread. A lot of times when you're really young, you just eat the daily bread, but you don't see the results and they get discouraged. And I don't know why I'm not perfect yet. Listen, man, it, even Apostle Paul, it says 14 plus three years to get sanctified. 14 plus three years of being sanctified. A guy that had the whole Bible memorized took 17 years to sanctify it before he was called out into ministry. So this takes a while to transition from the human into the divine. And that's what sanctification is. That's what the academy of the word is. And God asks you to show up for school. Don't drop out of the academy of his word. Stay connected to the development of the God's sperm seed in your hearts and understand the process of the maturity of his word from glory to glory. Don't let the demonic influence discourage you or distract you. If you stay connected and you stay in school, all that stuff will be beat off you. All the angelic protection is staying in the academy of the word if you leave the academy of the word you're dropping out you're going back to the demons so there's not going to be much protection you're gonna there'll be a ton of sin there'll be sorrow be sadness there'll be poverty there'll be strife there'll be really really that's the hard knock life you don't want that anymore now we want the glory life we're going after the glory life which requires an academy a schooling teachable showing up for class if you miss five classes, it's an automatic F on the report card in any university in That's the USA. That's a really accurate grading <laughs> system there. Like, didn't show up to class, fail. You miss five classes of any accredited university in America, it's an automatic F on the report card. People just take seasons off from God. Well, you got an F. God's more strict than a professor at a university because you're dealing with eternal things. We just don't really have the fear of the Lord to understand the value of the school. Now, the glory is so important to be imparted when the word goes forth because you begin to see the rewards of why we're in school. A person will often drop out because it's like, I don't know why I'm even here. What am I here for? I don't know what I'm doing for my life. That's why the vision has to be made plain. You understand the maturing process. I'm here for the word to grow up in glory, to go up the stairway, to grow in the glory of God, to be with the angels, to rule over the earth, to fulfill my destiny for my life. I want to be with Jesus in the air when he comes, which means on the sapphire stones in the heavenlies. You're going to meet him in the heavenlies that is coming. Those that are not built up living in the heavenlies aren't going to meet him at all. The Christians will be shocked. All the false Christians of Edom will still be on the earth. Woe to them, it is written. 
for you have become the bride of Satan in your Christianity. But those that have ascended as the children of the resurrection, they will meet him in the heavens at his coming. They'll be given white horses. And we shall descend upon this earth with all the glory of the Father's throne and completely obliterate sin and wrongdoing from the earth. And Israel shall rule over the nations for eternity. And that's a covenant promise. But we have to build up this entire body right now into the heavens. That is where we're at. Getting people out of the earthly Christianity of Edom into the heavenly Christianity of Israel and the heavenly Jerusalem in Jesus name. Amen. And even if I hadn't pioneered this, mapped it out, made it into a nice little class together with Brandon. So all you literally have to do is not even, you don't even have to, you know, get up off the couch. You just like click a few buttons and now, wow, righteousness. There it is. Wow. Oh, you know, even if that wasn't already done for you, God would still be expecting people in this time to figure it out and go up. So aren't you glad you don't have to figure it out from scratch? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to go with just the Bible and not even knowing, still wondering whether the book of Enoch is for you or not. You know, literally when the, when that's... When the Father's will is being yeah. accomplished, the angels go into a frenzy from his throne yeah. speaking to anyone they can. That's how it works. So this is what I'm saying. Even if none of this class was here for you, God would still be expecting people to find it and rise and be righteous because it's been in the word the whole time. Be righteous, be holy, be perfect. He's been saying it for a long time. He's expecting that fruit. But lucky you, you don't have to go and figure it all out from scratch. It's right here. Super easy. And if after all that, that's why it's a really harsh judgment because he was expecting you to, to go up anyway. He's been expecting to, people to do this. He's been asking, hey, and by the way, it's been in the word the whole time. All you have to do is get into a little bit more obedience. It's not honestly that much. It shocked me how little obedience can get you in through Enoch's door. I was honestly surprised because I knew that I was not up to par. And when I found out that that was the standard, I wept and I cried and I apologized to God on behalf of humanity. I'm sorry that the bar is this low. I'll, we'll do better. And it, it's Part of it is the unlocking of just having yeah. the knowledge of it. It's embarrassing that humanity has sucked so bad in Christianity for this long. Like, really? Not even launched off of Malkut by now? Not even understanding what righteousness is? Just calling whatever we feel like righteousness? I don't think hardly any Christians have ever even heard of it. Right. And, and once the knowledge comes that right. this is available, there's a stairway and you show them in the Word. You gotta go. Boom, it opens up. And it's going to open mm -hmm. up for everyone yep. that wants to rise. Amen. So understand that's why when God's expecting it anyway... And then here it comes on a silver platter, literally handed to you. That's why the judgment is so intensified, is because it was expected anyway. But now that it's been made extremely easy for you, it literally could not get easier than this, other than maybe a little bit more technological advancement so that you, you know, can do even more just on your cell phone. Uh, that's, that's, and that might happen. I think there might be some of those things in the future, but it, it, can't almost get any easier than this because all you have to do if you're on Malkut, we already told you i'll say that's it again how jesus likes yeah. it easy, easy and light that's why I, and that's why i made <laughs> these that's why i put these and saved them together literally if you're on Malkut, go through school of the magi it's on the app it's a free app you don't have to pay anything you just download it and then you read it and then you do it you live it right yeah, the, the mind it. then connects mm -hmm. to god's original design on the inside yeah. and it's like whoa the whole stairway opens up. Right. And so what I've noticed, too, and this is what the Lord showed me. He said, 
the divine creature, the new, the new creature, knows how to come back home. It's already in there. Like, uh, I remember hearing Cat Curse say when, you know, God would knit people together in their mother's womb. You know, the silver cord and all that. People already pioneered that revelation. But it, why do you? Why does he knit us together in the mother's womb? Because otherwise, that little light gingerbread man of light would fly back to the father and go home. Uh, it just knows the way home automatically. Uh, it has to be knit down, otherwise yeah, it, it would fly back. back. Yeah, I'm oh, like, no, yeah, no, no. That's what it takes, you know. But uh, so when you are going to be untethered from the earth, so if you're t attached to this piece of flesh, what has to die for you to go back? That piece of flesh that he sowed you to, you out. That's he's. You're being attached to flesh when you're in your mother's womb. And then your birth, so you're carrying this flesh. You're attached to this flesh. That's the reason why you can't go back home. Right at conception, you would have immediately gone back home if he didn't knit you together. Yeah. So you automatically know how to go back home if you put to death the flesh. So this is what I'm saying. Don't some people get bewitched and they go back to their bewitchment habits, right? If you have a habit, it's hard to break a habit until you be consistent. Again, that's why Brian said be consistent. Helps you break a habit. People have a habit of bewitchment where they go in and they say, try to ascend, try to ascend. It's not really like that. You already know how to ascend. It's written in uh, Anna Roundtree's Heaven Waits the Bride. The angel said, every true believer knows where the staircase is. It's not hard. Mm -hmm, yeah. It's only impossible for the flesh that you were sewed onto until that flesh, that piece of flesh, which is what you're living in now, is put to death. That's putting to death the old nature. Not a physical harm, but putting to death the desires of the flesh, the carnal nature. So, what's keeping you from going up? That flesh. Yeah, it, the reason the stronger the demonic influence, the harder it seems because God has made it impossible for demons to be saved. Mm -hmm. So that's why all of you need the consecration of the Holy Spirit word because then it becomes easier and easier because you're a child of light the clearer the nefesh soul becomes, okay? The natural soul, the Leviticus 17.11, the nefesh soul that's in the blood. So that's the thing that tethers you to the earth, but it becomes clear through sanctification. You sanctify the nefesh. Therefore, when you're clear again, then you can get pulled up by your inner man. Yep, it's pretty amazing how easily people go up once they understand what the idols are to get out of the tent so if you see a picture of the sephirot if we have maybe do we have one picture on here any of the sephirot pictures would do so your body is the tent right the tabernacle is a tent mobile tent tabernacle the mobile uh, temple they take it with them and the apostles in the new testament talk about the tent of the flesh. So I want you to see that picture there at the bottom on Malkut. When you're in your tent, that's your body, that's that piece of flesh, that's that body that you're living in, the nefesh of your behemoth, the soul of your body. And now imagine it wants to go up to the moon. And proceed to the lightning path. If there is an idol in the tent, remember that's where they would hide the idols. You can't go forward. It literally tethers you to the earth. 
it keeps you earthbound. So if there's any difficulty in ascension at any point, it's because there's a hidden idol in the tent. As soon as you get rid of the idols and put to death the nefesh, you go up. It's unveiled to you. The revelation becomes clear. When you, you've built up your spirit in the word of God, you've studied the material that we've provided, you've made up your mind, whatever the cost, you're going to rise. You're not going to go after money. You're not going to go after family idolatry. You're not going to go after jealousy and strife and backbiting and envying. Now you've got to get rid of something. What is the weight that's holding you down? What is the idol in the tent that keeps your tent pegged in the earth? You want to be pegged in the high place and not earth bound. When you loose the idol, tear down the idols, and you can pray, Lord, tear down my idols. And get your heart right with God. Find out together with the Lord in the secret place of your heart. What is it that you hate secretly about God's ways? So when you deal with the real things like that, then that's something that everyone goes through on this journey. You get real with the Lord. When those things are no longer holding you earthbound, it is shockingly easy to go up. I mean, it's easy. It's easy and light. It's wonderful. So I want to encourage you today. What is keeping you earthbound? And if it's not possible, if you don't know, if there's confusion, that's blindness. Blindness is caused by the sin of pride. Pride is a demon, not a characteristic or personality trait. Pride, pride is not a personality trait. It's a demon. That's right. That means you'll need to have an exorcism, a casting Loose. out, and sustainable deliverance, as we've talked about, is you're going to want to build up your inner man so that it's your house is full of Shekinah glory. If you're not stronger than the strong man, or if Christ is not formed in you more than the demons are formed in you, it's not going to be sustainable long-term deliverance. And this is the word of wisdom, so that you're not going to continue to need deliverance after deliverance and getting repossessed seven times worse. You'll never fear getting seven times worse if you do it this way. You build up your inner man in the word of God and the apostolic teaching and preaching the prophetic word. And then you loose the idols and you make a decision to be real with God and not fake with God. You do all these things that we've talked about tonight. It will be shockingly easy to go up. Yeah, the Lord just said to me, where there is clarity, there is great light. So some of you, you just, you keep self-condemning and self-evaluating. Knock it off. You're not mature enough to judge yourselves. That's an evil spirit. That's the spirit of condemnation. You just stay in school and allow the clarity to come of the daily word. So we're not to assess ourselves when we're young in the Lord and you're all young in the Lord. Yep. What you just need to do is stay in the word of God Academy until there's clarity and that will take time. And when there's mm -hmm. clarity, there is great glory. That's the light. So the issue is just staying around the, the availability mm -hmm to produce clarity. And when the clarity comes mm -hmm. through constantly staying in the Academy of the Word, the glory of God mm -hmm. will shine through your hearts. 
But if you're self-evaluating and be like, why don't I have the fruit yet? And why am I not mature? What am I doing wrong? And like, I'm just looking for all the idols and doing the best I can. Stay in school and produce clarity. Stay in the academy until the word produces clarity. That's then clarity. there will be light. And so for most of you, I was seeing this mm. as a prophetic vision for a lot of people watching right now. You just need the word to produce clarity and it will take time. It's not a microwave. It took a long time, you know, when you're when you're <laughs> when you're quick to run to sin, let's say there's been times in your life you ran to sin or you spent a lot of time in sin, there's oftentimes this principle of waiting on the Lord and being patient. Because, you know, we don't just like run to God and then instant fix so that we can go back to our sin patterns. That's not how the kingdom works. Yep. He wants to do a permanent work in you. And where there's lack of clarity, this is what I was seeing here in the spirit, is that the young young in the Lord tend to go way over into self-condemnation and false fear and just terrified of the angels and God's going to smite me, the apostles are going to kill me, or, you know, way into the fear. And it's wrong. It's an idolatry of man. And then they go way over, so way into that terror, fear, wrong fear, you know, all those yeah, self-condemnation. And then it, what happens is it swings mm. from black over to white, totally missing the mark, way over to the other side where it's like, I've done a great job and, and all, pride and my destiny and calling. It's all purified. wrong. It's all wrong. Yeah. It all needs to be purified. It's all human. So God is removing the human being by the fire of God. That's what the baptism of fire is. When you're in the academy of the word, you stay in the fire. And eventually the fire of the word of God begins to change and transform the mind to see the glory. But it does take years. My testimony is I was in the glory for 22 years before I saw two open visions of God inviting me through Enoch's door. But it was consistency for 22 years. And I mean, think about it. That's a lot less than John on Patmos. John had 70 years before the door opened up for him in 4.1 Revelation. So 70 years, 20 years, we're talking about long-term investment of the Academy of the Word and the consistency of showing up and being purified. In the meantime, don't get into sin. Don't get distracted. Purify your life. Repentance on the outside. Developing and receiving the Word and staying teachable on the inside, staying in school, and all these things will produce a great harvest and righteousness in due season. Amen. Amen. Seed time and harvest. So keep planting the seed, trusting that it bears fruit. When you do that, you're trusting in God. That's good fruit in itself. When you say to the Lord, I trust you, I'm going to believe that this is your word. And as I eat your word, I consume your word. I believe that even if I can't see a ton of fruit right away, I'm trusting that the process works. I'm believing. And the more you believe in the word of God, the greater your faith becomes. And when you have even faith the size of a mustard seed, you're going to find yourself moving those mountains of Esau out of your life into the sea of forgetfulness. You're not even going to remember what you were like in the mountains of Esau's hell on earth. You're going to be firmly established on the moon, on the side of righteousness, holiness. You're going to be ascending to the top of Malkut, 
that top of the mountain fresh morning air, that first light of dawn, the first glimpse of the morning star rising with healing in his wings. It's a precious moment. So savor the moment. Enjoy the moment right where you're at. Enjoy the Lord, not for selfish reasons, but to do his will, which is to do righteousness and justice, right doing in the earth, to get wisdom and get, you know, Hakma, get Bina, and constantly beholding your Lord in your heart, in your actions, in your thoughts, in your deeds. And you're going to be surprised if you're consistent, just how easy it's going to get for you. This isn't an ordinary school. This is the school of the two witnesses of Enoch and Elijah, Metatron and Sandalphon. So these are not things to be taken lightly. It's the greatest honor of any Christian of all time to be in the school of the two witnesses. This is the Academy of the Word that I'm talking about tonight. And all of you that stay in the school of the two witnesses, you have the potential for greatness in you. So stay in the school of the two witnesses until you begin to see that Metatron Sandalphon glory of the Sephirot shining through your inner man and outer man both in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed members of our beloved RLM TV community and honored guests, it is with a heart full of gratitude and excitement that I am before you today to discuss a matter of great importance, one that transcends the boundaries of our individual lives and reaches into the very core of our collective mission as viewers and supporters of RLM TV. Today we come together not only as fans but as stewards of a divine calling, a calling to support the works of ministry and secure a home for our spiritual journey right here in the heart of Florida. As many of you are aware, the ministry we share through RLM TV is not confined to digital screens before us. It extends beyond reaching into the lives of those in need, offering solace to the weary and spreading the message of love and compassion to all corners of our digital community. It is a ministry fueled by faith, compassion, and a deep-seated commitment to making a positive impact in the lives of others. Our vision is clear, our mission resolute, and the path ahead very promising. Yet to achieve the great heights we envision, we must confront the practical realities that come with the responsibility of sustaining and expanding our ministry through RLM TV. Today I stand before you to speak about the need for us to join hands and hearts in taking up support and offerings, not merely as an obligation, but as an opportunity to invest in the divine work we are collectively undertaking. First and foremost, let us reflect on the significance of supporting RLM TV. Support is not merely a financial transaction. It is a sacred act of obedience, trust, and gratitude. By giving our support, we express our faith in the divine providence that guides and sustains us. It is a way for us to acknowledge the blessings bestowed upon us and to share those blessings with others. When we support, we actively participate in the continuation of God's work through the powerful medium of RLM TV. Now as we consider the expansion of our ministry through RLM TV and the need for a permanent digital home here in Florida, let us view this as an exciting opportunity to sow seeds that will bear fruit for generations to come. Just as a farmer invests in fertile soil to yield a bountiful harvest, we too are called to invest in the digital soil of our community, providing a stable and nurturing environment for the growth of our spiritual family. The acquisition of resources is not a mere transaction. 
It is an investment in the future of our ministry through RLM TV. It is a commitment to create a space where lives will be transformed, where people will find refuge in times of trouble, and where the light of our shared faith will shine brightly for all to see on the screens that connect us. I understand that each of us has unique circumstances and the level of contribution may vary. However, let us remember that it is not the size of the offering that matters most, but the spirit with which it is given. Whether our gift is large or small, let it be a reflection of our dedication to the work of the divine through RLM TV. As we embark on this journey together, let us be inspired by the words of the Apostle Paul. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9.7 May our collective support overflow with joy and purpose. May our contributions be a testament to our commitment to the works of ministry through RLM TV and the establishment of a spiritual home in this beautiful part of God's creation. Together, let us build a legacy that will endure, a legacy that speaks not only of our faith, but of the boundless love that unites us all. Thank you, and may God bless each and every one of you abundantly as we embark on this sacred journey together through RLM TV. Amen.